This is episode 28 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today, Mike Snyder joins us to talk about missions. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Christian Travelers, so glad that you're here today. We have an exciting guest who is joining us to talk a little bit about his mission work experiences. Um, But before we do that, I want to once again remind you to join us on our Facebook group, Christian Travelers Network, or follow us on Instagram. And then if you're looking for more faith and travel tips, you can also check out our website, christiantravelers.net. So Mike is joining us from Minnesota. And he is a lifetime traveler, having served in missions both stateside and overseas for 20 years with Campus Crusade for Christ, and then as the National Director of Short-Term Missions for the Baptist General Conference. For the past 13 years, Mike has been serving as the founder and president of MKI Group Travel, specializing in missionary and student discounted fares for both groups and individuals as well as continuing to consult organizations on developing their short-term missions and speaking at mission conferences and retreats. Mike is also the host of Mission Leaders Podcast, in which he's able to pursue his passion in ministry, which is to connect people with opportunities and opportunities with people. Since 2007, mission travel is his business, but his motivation is the Great Commission. He is the husband of one wife and one son. And today he is joining us. Hey, Mike, how's it going? going well we are glad to have you here well thank you it's my privilege can you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about how you got involved in missions well i um goes it goes back a few years it'll probably date me but uh i'm what people call a uh, methopresbapteriocostal i'm kind of a spiritual mutt (laughs) in terms of my uh my upbringing and my background and my influences. I grew up Methodist. I was a Lutheran youth director when I was in college. I um, got plugged into a Baptist church after I joined staff with Campus Crusade for Christ while I lived over in the former Soviet Union. We actually went to the Catholic church because the priests were uh, right on base and out showing the Jesus film on the weekends and it was the best church we could find. And I tapped my foot once during a service. That's the costal part. Um, but, uh, in terms of how I got involved in missions, the, the same year that I first committed my life to Christ when I was 14, it just so happened that my older sister had rededicated her life to Christ while up at college, uh, and with campus crusade for Christ. And so she got involved with campus crusade and missions and in effect discipled me from college for my uh, four years of, of high school. And so I was exposed to what's God, you know, what God is doing around the world. She ended up, uh, she's actually been in China for, for probably 25 years now, um, and working there. But the, um, in terms of my first mission trip, I, uh, 1990 internationally, 1992 was my first time on an international short-term mission trips. I went for the, for a summer. Uh, to Lithuania. And this was right after the wall had fallen, the Soviet Union. And uh, God captured my heart. Uh, I went from uh, being a believer that was interested in missions, but not really planning on anything, 
Uh, God rocked my world, exploded my stereotypes, and uh, called me to be involved as a as a world changer, really, uh, to the best of my ability by His grace. And so, in 1992, that's really a turning point for me. That's where God captured my heart for missions. Ended up returning to Lithuania longer term. Spent some time in Moscow, some time in Uzbekistan, um, until I, I came back with uh, Campus Crusade. That's that's really when I first got involved with missions in the first place. And then um, after returning back home, then I finished up at seminary uh, here in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, while I was at seminary, that's where I met my wife, and uh, she's a chaplain. And um, see here after about 1999, I think it was just mm -hmm. it was almost on a whim. I uh, was looking at different opportunities, wondering where's God leading me actually at that time, planning to head over to Asia full time uh, in missions. And then, of course, I met my wife. And one of the first questions I asked her was, would you be willing to go overseas with me if we ended up you know, moving forward with this relationship? And she smiled and said, absolutely. And she asked me the next question was, which was, would you be willing to stay in the States if that's where God called us to be most effective? And I said, uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's actually where it's turned out to be that uh, I've been convinced that even though my heart is overseas, my uh, capabilities, my gifts, skills, even my passions are most, most effective and most strategic if I'm staying here and, and sending. And so that's what I've been focusing on doing. While I was at seminary, I sent a, just a random letter to the denomination that I was working involved with at the time. And it's one of those letters that it took me 30 seconds to write. Mm -hmm. But I uh, wrote a letter said, hi, you don't know me from Adam, but um, in my ideal world, this would be my perfect ministry position. I'd love to direct short-term missions. I'd love to mobilize churches. I'd love to meet with people, help them in the process and make sure that we're utilizing short-term missions for long-term impact. These are some of the things I'd like to do. Would you happen to have any positions available in that? Within 24 hours, I received an email back and you could almost smell the excitement on the email. The email basically read, this is really strange. Just this morning, we were praying and as a staff team, felt the Lord leading us to create a position exactly like you described, can we talk? <laughs> and within a week, I was meeting with the president of the denomination. Within a week or two, they offered me the position, and I left Campus Crusade. And then for six years, I directed short-term missions for uh, the Baptist General Conference, which is now Converge. They changed their name. So it was about 1,000 churches at the time, 1,200 churches. And uh, through that, I uh, was really able to just really enjoy the strategic nature and learn more about short-term missions and help our churches to you know, have that long-term impact mindset as they were planning their short-term teams. So that's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> that is awesome, though, just seeing God's handiwork through all of that. And I have to say, your wife's question to stay in the States, that is that is a good, like, <laughs> comeback or alternative perspective to bring into it, too. <laughs> well, she's never been accused of being shy or uh, or not bold in terms of uh, telling me what she thinks. And that's probably why we've been married now 20 years. Congratulations. Thank you. So how many countries have you actually visited? At current count, I believe I'm at 48. Wow. <laughs> have all of those been mission work? Or... I'd say... Um, 
the majority of them have been involved when I've been involved with missions because part of my position with the denomination was part of my position and my my job requirement was to get to know our missionaries, find out what their long-term efforts are, then come back and let's plug our churches into them and utilize short-term missions. So I'd go to the field and uh, spend time and, and help them strategize how might we use short-term missions to help you reach your long-term objectives. About, I'd say, 15, yeah, 14 or 15 of those. Um, as a student, I took a semester off and uh, went and suffered in England at Oxford for a semester and strategically organized my classes to only be on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You get my m real motivation for going <laughs> so that Friday through Monday, we, you know, we could travel or, and goof off and ended up hitting about 14 or 15 of the, 15 of the European cities uh, or countries around, uh, you know, England, uh, anywhere from England to Italy to France, you know, the Western European countries. But most of my uh, exposure throughout Asia, from the Philippines to China, uh, Thailand, throughout the former Soviet Union, whether it's Uzbekistan or, or Russia or Moscow or Ukraine, uh, any of those, those have all been involved with, uh, directly involved with missions, either leading teams, preparing teams, or just building into the lives of missionaries. Nice. Yeah. So Christian Travelers Network tends to focus on just vacation travel and how we can use just our daily travels to have the opportunity to share God, but then there's also the opportunity for missions, which you clearly focus on. Um, society has started to bring up this dilemma of if short-term missions are impactful or not. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that dilemma? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, if you uh, just do a Google search on short-term missions, you're going to find some articles that will say, will just make it sound like short-term missions is God's gift to the world, and it's the way that he's going to reach the world, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, then you're going to run into other articles that will say, you know, short-term missions is a joke. Uh, it doesn't have long-term impact, and we need to just quit going and just send your money. And you know what? It's kind of like a pendulum. I've seen through the years this goes back and forth. And that's really why my conviction regarding short-term missions is that God can use short-term missions as long as it's one part of your long of the long-term objectives. So if a church wants to utilize a short-term team, the question isn't if God can use a short-term team. Mm -hmm. The question is how, you know, how can God use a short-term team and people going for two or three weeks that will help either the national church or the missionaries, the people that are there long-term, how can we help them reach their objectives? So if it's a self-serving short-term mission trip, for instance, we always joked about Here's a story for you. Here, here's a good story to show the negative side of short-term missions. I have a friend who grew up, and her father ran an orphanage in Brazil. And they had a, one of their supporting churches that called them and said, we'd like to bring our youth group. Can we bring our youth group? We'd like to serve you. Well, okay, sure. So I don't know what the number was. You know, 20, 25 high school kids came. And as their project, the youth pastor had gone before, and as their project, they determined that it would be good for the orphanage to have a wall built on one particular section of their property. And so they bought the materials, they spent the week, they built the wall up, they put it all together, they did all the construction, and of course they painted it, and everybody had their fingerprints on it, and everybody had their handprints on it, so they could get, and then they took their picture, sent it back home, and look what we did. 
and it was great. And granted, they, they also built relationships, did VBS, and, and had good things happening. Then they went home, and uh, not realizing that the place that they had chosen to build the wall was in the center of the soccer field. Hmm. See, they're, it, they, were, they were looking at a very short-sighted, this looks like this field could use a wall because it'd be more secure. But instead of speaking with those that they were seeking to serve and finding out how can we best serve you, they just went in as, I call it Mighty Mouse missions. Here I come to save the day. Um, they, they just went in and did what they felt was going to be good So and then went home. They got their prayer letters, their newsletter. I'm exercising my spiritual gift of sarcasm a little bit there. <laughs> but they, you know, they had a great prayer letter, but they didn't realize that the orphanage then had another team come back later in that year and their job was to rip that wall down <laughs> now the the good news is that that youth pastor ended up keeping in good contact with the leadership and they realized you know what we didn't listen to you and they ended up learning from it they ended up going back and actually meeting with the national laborers and the directors of this orphanage to look for ways that they could help them reach their long-term objectives which is obviously for brazilians they want to reach brazil for christ and so that was the, the starting point. Instead of we want to travel, how can you be used by us? It's we'd love to come and visit. First of all, if you know, can our visit help you? Can it serve you? Will it help you reach your long-term objectives? Then we'd like to come. If you're not convinced that we will serve your long-term efforts, then we're going to stay home. And uh, when I worked with the denomination, that was actually the, one of the few rules that I had with teams when I would be working with churches and youth pastors and pastors is I'd say, Hey, listen, the field and our, our long-term missionaries and the national church, the national laborers, they have veto power. If at any time in the process of planning this trip, they are not convinced that your coming will help them reach their long-term objectives of reaching the country for Christ and ultimately the world, the world for Christ, they have veto power or we can cancel your team at any time. You need to realize that the reason you're going is not only for yourself, it's for the long-term objectives. So in terms of the criticisms, you know what? There's a lot of really great criticisms. We need to really be smart about how we utilize it, utilize short-term missions. But on the other side, the, other, the fact is, uh, even statistically, uh, on the average, someone goes on a short-term mission trip, on the average, they're gonna, when they return, if it's done right, on the, on the average, they return, they, they're going to pray twice as much, and typically with names and faces in mind as they're praying, instead of general, you know, God reach Lithuania type prayers, it's pray for Thomas, pray for Sergita. You, know, you have specific names. They're going to pray twice as much. On the average, they're going to give twice as much. So think of a lifetime of increased giving to missions. And on the average, there's going to be a greater likelihood that they're going to actually receive that call to go back longer term. Uh, with our denomination, 86% of our full-time missionaries indicated that short-term missions played a key role in them really, in, in basically in God capturing their heart for the world and desiring to head back long-term. So here, here to kind of summarize my ramble, short-term missions, this is my conviction. Short-term missions, let's say you go for a two-week trip. Short-term missions, if done right, can be a launching pad for a lifetime committed to the Great Commission, whether he has called you to the States, called you overseas. The difference between a lifetime impact 
and a two-week memory is how you approach that short-term mission. So if we approach it right and look for the long-term efforts, long-term objectives, God still can and still does use short-term missions. But if we're going over just to, quite frankly, just to feel good about ourselves or to be exposed to something um, and to uh, you know build a wall uh, in the middle of a field, then we we might be better off by raising the funds and sending that 20 grand that they used to get to Brazil directly to the field. And that's something that you should consider. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with that. Another long answer to a short question. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I like the stories too. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the trends currently happening in short-term missions? Yeah. And some of this comes uh, anecdotally. Some of it comes through research. Um, just what I've seen with short-term missions, I'd say in the last, I'd say probably the last 10 or even 15 years, um, it used to be quite common to have teams of 20, 30, 40. We've sent teams as many as 300 people um, overseas on short-term mission trips. What's happened, and I think part of it is because of the internet and part of it is because communication is so reliable and easy. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of churches, instead of sending larger teams, have opted to send, instead of sending one team every year, 20 people every July, for instance, to go serve with uh, um, the scavengers that live in the dumps of Guatemala, for instance. Um, instead of sending one team, they'll send five or six or seven people multiple times through the year. This dramatically cuts the amount of work uh, required to host them from the missionaries. It also gives them the opportunity to build genuine relationships with those they're seeking to reach. And it, it's kind of the difference between going on a tour you probably have seen this in your travel. The difference between going on an organized tour and just go showing up in the country and seeing what real life is all about and really immersing yourself in the culture. So one trend that I am seeing is with short-term missions is there's smaller teams that are going more often. That's probably one of the, the larger ones that's happening. Also, just even in terms of defining what it means to go is changing a bit. Uh, I just I just spoke with a friend of mine that works with Sat Seven earlier this week, and that's Middle East Broadcasting. They they broadcast Christian content throughout the Middle East and Northern Africa, and a good portion of their impact is through media, through the internet, through streaming, uh, through video, you know that type of thing. They're mm -hmm. not physically setting foot in some of these countries, but the fact is they're having an impact for Christ because they're utilizing a strategically placed satellite and programming so that people in the 1040 window and closed countries are able to access Christian programming and biblical teaching in places where we can't even send, technically can't send missionaries. They wouldn't receive you. Hmm. And so there's just a lot of those that mix. Otherwise, the trends in short-term missions, I think some of the criticisms of short-term missions has actually been very healthy because it's caused a lot of churches and a lot of groups to go, wait a minute, why are we going? Do we need to go? What are ways that we can go uh, to genuinely serve this and have a long-term impact? And they're even asking that question. What if maybe we need to just go for this and learn more about it, but maybe next year we're going to stay home and we're going to raise funds and send it to the church that we got to know while we were there and build the relationship that way. And they're seeing impact that way. So that's that's more common than it used to be. 
Yeah, I've even seen that with, um, I'm a youth director, and so I've been working with okay. different organizations trying to see what options there are for our youth to do submissions, and a lot of times it's almost a requirement now. Like, you come one time to get to know what the needs are, and then you keep coming for like five years so that there is that longer impact, even though they are short missions. Exactly. One of the best definitions of partnership, it used to be with partnership that it was a, a lot of times from, from the American's perspective, we'd, we'd focus on, well, we're going to have a partnership, which means we're going to come over, we're going to invest a lot of money, we're going to tell you how to do things, and you're going to do them, and we're going to have this partnership because you're going to let us do them and host us. That's there again, exercising my spiritual gift of sarcasm just a little bit. Um, but in but what I'm seeing really, that's another trend, I guess, uh, is the the definition of partnership is changing to where instead of it's the the mighty mouse missions type thing, uh, it's more shared vision. So we're meeting with the church in Guatemala or in in Timbuktu or or you know wherever, and we're sitting down. We're saying, hey, how can we help you reach your reach your country for Christ and then genuinely come alongside them. And maybe we're providing training. Maybe we're pro providing finances. Maybe we're providing, you know, manpower, who knows, but we're actually with that shared vision, it becomes a codependent relationship or I guess independent in interdependent. Is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> interdependent relationship where the work and the prayer and the genuine partnership and working together shows much more, I think, than it did in the past with a, a bit more almost imperialistic attitude towards missions. What recommendations would you have for teams and individuals with traveling? You know, I, I'm, I'm convinced that one of the greatest impacts we can have for Christ is to walk as closely as we know how with him and then do what we want in a good, because as we're walking closely with him, he's going to direct our passions. He's going to direct our interests. And then if God's called you to travel around the world, or whether it's an individual or with a team, go. Look for opportunities. Live your, you know, love the Lord and live your life almost like that. Um, in terms of if I was in, if I was single and traveling the world and just wanted to travel, I'd be looking for connections and looking for relationships, whether it's just connecting with a local church when I'm checking out England or if I'm traveling to the Mediterranean because I'd like to see, you know, Northern Italy, um, look for opportunities to connect with other Christians while you're there. It's going to enhance their life and your life. And you have that, that, uh, brotherhood or sisterhood, sisterhood that can really develop. So it's in a lot of ways of recommendations for travelers and teams around the world is follow your heart. If God has given you a heart for Guatemala, Look for ways that you can creatively be involved. Visit Guatemala, certainly. But then also look for ways to involve other people, connect other people. What's God doing and how can I be involved? Um, as far as teams and even churches, the same thing goes. When I would have churches call and say, well, we'd like to go on a short-term trip. We don't know where to go. My first question would be is, from a church perspective, my first question was, well, who are you currently supporting? Why don't you call your missionaries that your church already has a relationship with and ask them if you might serve them? Sometimes missionaries really enjoy having one or two people come from their home church and just say, we just want to hang with you for the week, find out what your life is like, pray for you, and just encourage you. And by the way, we each get two bags or three bags, 
and we're going to load it up. Tell me what kind of noodles you like. You know, that <laughs> it's amazing the impact you can have and helping the longevity of, of missionaries just by looking for those type of opportunities. For sure. Yeah. The opportunity to bring that Christian community together around the globe. I love that. From a from a travel perspective, this is where I'll, put, I'll take off my missions hat and put my travel agent hat on. Um, there's a couple different websites if you're looking, especially for individual travel. Mm-hmm. One that's not real well known is uh, the Matrix. It's matrix.itasoftware.com. And it's, a, it's basically a very powerful engine. It's the same engine that's used by Google. I think Google actually owns it. But you can actually search. This would be just for the uh, for the published internet fairs, not the missionary fairs, student discount fairs, tour contracts, stuff like that. But just for internet fairs, you can search for. Uh, well, I want to go from Nashville to somewhere in England, and you can punch in London and Cork and Manchester and Birmingham, and punch in five or six cities, and you can punch in sometime. Um, for 10 days in January, and it will search everything and say, well, these are the 10 best days for you to go. These are the best prices, and then it will give you the, the airfare, and then you can just go to the, uh, you can copy and paste it to your favorite travel agent, or you can go right to the website of the uh, airline, and that's just a nice way if you're kind of testing out the waters for traveling. If you find out you've got a free weekend, it's a way you can kind of test the waters and not spend six, eight, 10 hours doing a search, you know? That is very useful. (laughs) I did think of one more question, and that is I like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what has been your biggest God moment in all of your travels? My biggest God moment? Oh, let's see here. Can I do two real quick? Of course. Just two examples? Yeah. Um, One, and I like the the phrase God's fingerprints because I feel like when you're taking steps of faith and you don't really know how God's going to provide, you're just trusting that he will. He shows you those fingerprints and he makes them so blatantly clear that you you know that it's not a coincidence. Those are fun to see. And I believe you can have to see those fingerprints, both stateside and overseas. The The key is to continue to walk by faith. When we first moved to Lithuania, we needed to find housing. And uh, it was a little bit difficult to come by. We were uh, a team of five. So we had three guys, uh, three men and two women. So we needed to get two apartments. And just at the last minute, we were really, we were living in a hotel for the first month and we needed to find something quick so money wouldn't run out. And it just so happened that one of our students had a neighbor that really desperately wanted to move back to Ukraine. Uh, Svetlana was her name. And says, please come and meet Svetlana. Well, we went and met with Svetlana, and she was working hard to clean up the place and really wanted to go and offered us, uh, as it turns out, we probably paid her more than, than she would have gotten from most anybody else. But we were, the, we were the Americans coming in, and it looked like a great opportunity, and it was still pretty inexpensive for us at the time. We ended up taking the apartment. It ended up being a fantastic base. We found out later that actually one of the reasons, the primary reason this lady was anxious to leave the country was not just because she wanted to visit family in Ukraine. Back in 1992, just prior to our arrival in 91, is when the, the wall fell with the Soviet Union. And you may recall some of the TV um, reports showing the TV tower. They were having demonstrations in Lithuania. 
And the Soviets called in the tanks to put down this rebellion, put down this freedom march type thing. And there were actually a couple people that were killed and ended up being one of the um, one of the last straws right before the, the wall fell. One of the things that helped cause the fall of the Soviet Union is when these, these, this general had called in the tanks. We found out after we'd lived there for about a year that actually the apartment we were renting was the apartment of that general that had called in the tanks. Now, he had mysteriously disappeared uh, shortly thereafter. We're thinking he was called back to Moscow. And so his wife was left alone and needed to get out of town. She was actually afraid to, to stay there because of her connection with the guy that called in the tanks. So in terms of seeing God's fingerprints, we're able to, we just thought it was really neat to see how God used that situation to provide for us. And that ended up being a base of operations for three, four years for ministry in Vilnius. So that's one quick fingerprint. The other one was also, I'll also use one from, uh, uh, from Lithuania, we decided to take a break and went to the beach, which in Lithuania was more like the ground by the river near nearby. So we took a ferry down the river and we're kind of hanging out. And you know how when you're playing, sometimes just you're bored and you start, have you ever done the game where you, you try tracing words on the back of people's backs? It was real yeah. silly, but we were yeah. doing that and we're tracing, you know, it was uh, Mark's turn, I think, and he was tra tracing English words, obviously, because we didn't know Lithuanian that well at the time. Uh, we were trying to guess what the words were. And it just so happened that there was a student that was there just sitting alone and watched us, probably watched us for 45 minutes to an hour and kept kind of inching closer and closer. And as we got to, as we noticed and got to, got to speak with her a bit, she had a lot of really heavy duty questions. She'd been going through some really difficult times in family and was quite frankly, she was searching for God. And she asked us, why are you here? And we were able to say, well, as a matter of fact, we're a group of uh, Americans here, but more importantly, we're a group of people that knows Christ and are convinced that, that he is the only way. And we'd love to just talk about him. And so we ended up sharing the gospel with her. She ended up committing her life to Christ. And I'll never forget the last thing she said in very broken English before we got back on the ferry to head back home. She said, you know, I believe God saw me and he saw you and he brought us together. Thank you so much. It is very simple, but it was is one of those things where it, it had to be God, either that or it just happened. I don't believe it just happened. It's one of those things where God directed our paths. We hadn't planned on going to the beach for the day. It was a spur of the moment thing. She hadn't planned on hanging out with a bunch of Americans for the day and learning how she could know Christ personally. It was, she was just there, but God directed our paths together and there was a life change as a result of it. And you, you just never know how God's going to use you as you just continue to walk with him as closely as you know how. That is really awesome. And sounds like God has really used you in some awesome ways. Well, it's only by his grace. That's where I say it. That's where I say I'm, people say, how you doing, Mike? I say, well, better than I deserve and not as good as I'd like. <laughs> so God's good. I will definitely attest to that fact. Is there anything else that you uh, would like to add? You know, on one hand, just a, just a simple encouragement, like I said before. If God's called you to travel and given you a passion for travel, you don't have to apologize for that. Look for ways to utilize it for his glory. Go for it. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's just a big, that's a large, very deep conviction of mind. You know, follow the passions as you're walking with the Lord, and he's going to lead the way. 
in terms of travel. Um, find an agent that you trust. This isn't a plug just to call me. Find an agent that you trust that handles missionary fairs, humanitarian fairs, student contracts. There are tour contracts. This isn't just for groups. This is especially for individuals. And uh, a lot of times if you're volunteering or even if you're meeting a missionary or something like that, that qualifies you for humanitarian fairs. And it literally, some there are times literally where I've had, for instance, missionaries call up and say, hey, I need a ticket to Entebbe. I'm thinking of one family in particular. And they said, here's the best flights we could find online. Do you have a missionary fare that would help us? The best flight they had was for $1,500 on VA. Uh, my cost for the same exact tickets was 500 And wow. so, I mean, there are discounted, there are contracts out there uh, that are just phenomenal for individual travelers as well as teams. So find an agent that you trust and don't be afraid to, to track them down. There's never any uh, obligation or penalty or cost to ask. Uh, but utilize them. The other side of that is if something goes wrong, if a flight is canceled or what I, if the proverbial defecation hits the rotary oscillator, um, <laughs> you have someone to call. You don't have to just stand in line at the airport for three days, but you actually have someone that can make the changes for you and take care of you. Yeah. So that would be the only plug I'd make as far as considering utilizing some sort of a travel agent or uh, someone that specializes in the missions airfare. And you can always compare them to the published fares. I know I have a lot of people call, and if I can't beat what's on the internet and they really want that and cost is king, I'm the first one to say, please go ahead and buy it. Because it's not about me selling the tickets. It's about getting you to the field. Well, Mike, before you sign off, if my followers want to connect with you, what are some ways they can reach out to you? Well, you can go to our website, mkigrouptravel.com. MKI stands for Maximum Kingdom Impact, if that helps helps you to remember it. Uh, MKIGroupTravel.com. My email is Mike, as in Mike, at MKIGroupTravel.com. Uh, you can check out Mission Leaders Podcast. I'm on Facebook, um, both MKI Group Travel and as Mike Snyder. Um, I'm the uh, six foot one, 300 pound monster with a goatee on, on Facebook. <laughs> so you'll you'll recognize me by that description, I suppose. But um, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, email me, send me a uh, send me a Facebook message, uh, whatever works. Smoke signal. Uh, would you <laughs> like me to get? I can give you my. There are eight hundred number is eight hundred seven three two four eight zero six, and my personal extension is seven zero two. So if you have any questions at all about anything travel or missions or want connections or need travel. Give me a call. I'd love to chat. Love to help you out. That's my passion is connecting people. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It was nice having you on the podcast today. My pleasure. Absolutely. So sounds like you got a good thing going though. I've been following you and stalking you on, on uh, Facebook <laughs> and it sounds like you're, you're having some fun with this. So that's great. Keep on going. <laughs> thank you. And Christian travelers until next time, safe travels and God bless.